We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're gonna do this, man. Today, uh, what? How many? Um, how many fantasy league, fantasy football leagues do you typically play in in a given season? Like at one time, are you? Uh, do you, are you sane and just do a couple, or do you just go bananas at times? I'm just curious. I'm kind of maybe an in betweener. So you can define sane as maybe six or seven, and that's kind of the over under every year that I'm at about six and a half. So. I just don't think I can play anything under five and a half. So, you know, if I want to go crazy, maybe I identify an eighth or ninth league. But, I mean, I love it. It's it's a big part of my life in the fall. And I'm excited to be here in the spring talking about it. Yeah, well, fantasy football has become a year-round fantasy sport at this time. Like, it, we play, you know, it, for dynasty players. That's why I love dynasty so much is because – after the season's over, it's actually the real fun begins, the trading, the rookie talk and all that kind of stuff. And that's why I wanted to to bring you here um, for for those tuning in. We're going to do a mock draft today. Uh, I'm here with Brian Rosenthal, the razor uh, from Beer Life Sports. By the way, how, what is Beer Life? How did you guys start that? Yeah, I mean, Beer Life was created a few years ago by our CEO, and he just kind of wanted to dive into uh, making, uh, you know, memes and making things fun for people to gravitate to. And then it just became a little bit larger. We dove into the the gambling space, the fantasy space, uh, creating a good team that that wanted to be a part of it and really came together with our new producer, Jacob Roach, who connected us from formerly of the Visa network. And we are doing our best. And I think we're on the right track to create a, a large team of podcasters again, to uh, get into various spaces, even wrestling. You know, I think wrestling has become one of the, the big things, as you probably have heard or saw what transpired last weekend at WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas. I mean, two nights of WrestleMania. Uh, it's just something that people gravitate to of all ages. So uh, Beer Life Sports is on the right track. We have a great uh, professional handicapper that's been with us for a year now, and that's where, you know, our subscribers really get into it with, with our company. So, uh, that's the track it takes, and you can follow it at beerlife.com. Yeah, and I'll have all your links in the video description below. And I really like what you're doing, so that's obviously why I uh, I feel connected to you guys and have been working with you guys doing some of your shows. And I definitely wanted to have you here because I, I I like your vibe and and how you guys approach things. But um, okay. yeah, man, let's so 
the reason that we're going to do uh, a mock draft is because the rookies have not yet been introduced. So I've been doing these dynasty startup drafts. Like I, I'm in 30 leagues. It's crazy. I, I respect the seven or eight game uh, league thing because I wish I was in seven or eight leagues because <laughs> yeah. at some point it just becomes a portfolio. I'm managing. I'm just like sliding through like, yep, one this week. Oh, no, I don't even check my scores yeah. until like Tuesday and some of the fun gets zapped out. But Dynasty startup season, it's time. So a lot of the leagues I'm in, uh, Brian, they they don't include the rookies. Excuse me, I'm spitting all over myself. Uh, <laughs> all the rookies. But what they do is they include rookie picks. So, for example, if you're in the middle of a startup draft, you could draft pick 1.1 in your rookie draft. So this way the pick is insulated because right now we presume that pick is going to be Brees Hall. But what happens if Brees Hall uh, winds up on the Jets? You may not want to take him. You might want to take you know, a, a wide receiver or you know, a quarterback or something like that. So, But for this purpose, this exercise that we're going to do today, we're going to do a dynasty startup mock draft. Hopefully we'll get through two rounds. The way that I, you know, we're going to break down some of these players. So we may only get through one round. But this again, this lays out a good foundation for what's going on in the dynasty startup world. And then what we could do is we could compare it to our, our redraft counterparts. And like, you know, you and I talked about offline, there's, there's players that are going to go in the top five of redraft that may not even be in the top 30 of dynasty startup drafts. And I'm not even sure that's correct. There, that's a leak in dynasty players game. So with that said, you're going to have the first pick. We're going to alternate. Who are you gonna? You're on the clock. Who would you take first in a one quarterback, single tight end, no premium, just regular standard uh, PPR league? I'm on the clock, so let me just talk to my team real quick. We got, we got, we got to figure <laughs> this out. We good, we good. All right, uh, we're going to Madison, Wisconsin, and drafting the running back Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts. All right, so in dynasty and redraft, I mean, he's gonna be the pick, right? I mean, why would you take him above any of the other running backs or wide receivers? I just have a lot of confidence in Frank Reich's ability to get him going more so even this year. You know, I don't think we really saw the capabilities of Jonathan Taylor quite yet. I mean, no offense to Carson Wentz, but maybe the right quarterback is in place now with Matt Ryan and he's young, you know, he's a guy that you can, you know, build a team around for several years to come. I like JT in this spot. I just can't imagine going anywhere else. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think that when the consensus redraft rankings come out, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the no-brainer 1-1. The draft really starts at 2. So here's the difference. Now, I'm on the clock at pick 2. And if this was a redraft league, I would take a running back here. Okay? But – in dynasty, what I like to do, especially if it's, you know, most dynasty leagues are start three receivers and a flex, two running backs. I'm going to take a receiver. I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. Sure. Now, I, I, I've seen I've seen Jamar Chase ranked ahead of him, and I'm not going to tell anybody that they're wrong, but Justin Jefferson has done it for two years of elite production. Jamar, uh, Jamar, Je- uh, sorry, Jamar Chase. Did I say Jamar Jefferson before? Jamar Chase. No, right. yeah, yep. right. Jamar Chase is, I mean, he's undoubtedly one of the most dynamic, weak winning receivers. But we're going to, we saw weeks last year where T. Higgins, like for three weeks, was that alpha wide receiver and he took over. And I think that can happen again this year for short stints, whereas we know. Off the bus, Justin Jefferson is going to get his 10, 11, 12 targets. We know Kirk Cousins is a stable quarterback. I like the safety and the upside of Justin Jefferson at pick two. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you there. I would have taken Jefferson with the second o- overall pick, like, like you just did, and and I'm going to stay in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and just take the counterpart that you just mentioned. I mean, there there will be some games where T. Higgins may take over at times. Boyd doesn't scare me too much. 
And obviously Joe Burrow is right now sitting as a top five quarterback in the league. I, I'm with Chase here with the uh, with the 1.3 pick here, the first pick on the third team. It's got to be Chase. you got to build around a guy who's so young like this. Uh, the explosiveness was on display nearly every single game. There were hardly any no-shows for Chase. I expect the same production this year. And you know what? It's like I can't tell anybody that Chase, Jonathan Taylor, or Justin Jefferson is wrong. Like personally, I would take Justin Jefferson at the first pick overall, but yeah. the market agrees with you. Jonathan Taylor is the locked-in one-one, and I love. So, the, do we agree that these three players are tier amongst themselves? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I don't. I think there are a couple sleepers there in the middle that we haven't gotten to yet, but. When it comes to safety, I, I think these three are by far when in dynasty. And honestly, you can make an argument that, that that Chase and Jefferson are right up there in redrafts. I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't take them at 1.2, 1.3, but I don't see how you can argue with it. I mean, may, maybe Cup goes ahead of them in redrafts at times, but it just depends on the format. But I'm great with these picks. They're, they're the future of the NFL. We're going to have them for several years on this team. Yeah, I agree with you there that Cup is likely to be uh, a go ahead of these guys. And you know what? It's who knows? Let's see what the preseason looks like with him, but we'll get to them later. Okay, so here's where the fun begins. I think I'm going to break your heart right here and take Javante Williams at pick four. Now, the news broke today, and today is April 8th, that that Melvin Gordon – could be signing with the Ravens. Now, he may not. Now, And also, I've noted that if, if Melvin Gordon went back to the Broncos, I would not be making this pick. But I like the momentum. I've not been on Javante or is the RB1 or the top pick in, in, in dynasty drafts, but you have to change your outlook once the circumstances change. And if he is the, the lead running back, three down running back, I, and I want you to talk a little bit about Javante because I know you know this player intimately, that – uh, with Russell Wilson there, it's wheels up. And if someone took him at 1-1 in Dynasty, if he is the sole uh, workhorse in this backfield, I wouldn't blame him. I love Javante at pick four. Yeah, I think the backfield is a little crowded and murky with, with Mel Gordon in there. But whether he stays this year, I think he'll eventually be out the door. And I think Denver is going to figure out that they need to keep this guy as a three down back, as you just alluded to. Javante Williams is one of the most explosive running backs that I saw in the ACC. I reside in Chapel Hill, not a Tar Heel fan, but certainly watched Williams play a lot of football here in Chapel Hill. I, I think this guy was the right pick at, at four in our situation today. The future is incredible with Russell Wilson. You know, no offense to the uh, Teddy Two Gloves and, and everyone else that played running back. Uh, excuse me, quarterback in Denver, but they have a great guy. They got a Wolfpacker and Russell Wilson, a uh, pack full of Badgers, of course. He, sometimes he claims he's from Wisconsin, but come on. He went to NC State for the first two years. Uh, right. Great setup for Williams there. I like him over any of the next few running backs that are currently on the board. Right. So you're up at pick five in this draft. Now we're doing a dynasty startup mock draft. Uh, I'm here with Brian, the razor Rosenthal. Uh, by the way, where'd you come up with that awesome name? I, I love it. I know it's like, it's because yeah. you're sharp, right? Razor. Is yeah, sharp. That, that I, I'd like to say is sharp. So, you know, it's kind of a ripoff to where, you know, I was a, a, a competitive tennis player growing up. And, um, you know, that was one thing where I would sometimes go on the court and, and, and act like Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, who just recently passed away. And I would, you know, I would do some promo cuts and throw the toothpick, like, you know, do, do all those nuances like Razor Ramon. So I, I was uh, designated that name several years ago and it stuck. And I think it's great. I love it. It's an honor to be, you know, kind of uh, tagged with Scott Hall, one of my favorite professional wrestlers of all time. So that, and it that's works. how the name really started. 
and it works with the whole like sharp angle of of sports betting and all that yeah. stuff too. So it, right. it works. I love it. Um, well, Let me you just... know, I, I'm up next, and and Javante Williams, you broke my heart a little bit there, Alan. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, I, I want to go running back here, and I'm not like I'm not excited or pumped because as I would have been with Williams, because this team, uh, you know, I don't know what to expect from the Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, this guy has a lot of upside. Uh, if if eventually they can figure out this offense. Now that Ben is gone, is it going to be Mitch Trubisky, Tar Heel quarterback, um, you know, moving forward here in Pittsburgh? But I'm going with Harris. I think I, I think that Harris is a guy that's uh, you can trust, right, on, on three downs. Where else are they going to go in that backfield in Pittsburgh? It has to be Najee Harris, and hopefully he gives you tremendous production here over the next few years in this dynasty team. So I was leaning towards another guy from UGA, but it's going to be Harris uh, as the pick from Alabama, another SEC, another Alabama player, of course. Uh, in the mix. So it's going to be Najee Harris right here for me. Yeah, I like that pick. In redraft, I actually have Najee Harris as my RB2. He'll probably tick down to RB3 if we get confirmation on Javante Williams as the sole starter. You know, we can, but if I have the draft today, I like the safety of Harris. Now, Harris is a little sneaky old for running back, but at the end of the day, we're not too worried about that. We we play Dynasty in two to three year windows, sometimes four if we're talking about quarterbacks, that I think that's a big leak in a lot of Dynasty players' games that they say, hey, I'll have this guy for the next 10 years. We could all be dead in five years who knows right (laughs) so Najee Harris is as safe as it comes just from a volume perspective there are running backs that I like better than his talent but it looks like that they you know they have that first round investment at one five that's as solid as they come I think I'm so glad that you did that not because I like Najee Harris too but I am I am a a DeAndre Swift truther It, it is just who I am. It's I planted my flag for him early. So did a lot of other people. It's not like I'm special. But DeAndre Swift, there was a lot of, um, let's call it negative sentiment when he got drafted because it's the Lions. But as we saw, the Lions are good for fantasy. And Jared Goff, former number one overall pick, is not bad when the conditions around him are okay. DeAndre Swift is what we like in fantasy. He's a pass-catching running back. Presumably, they're going to upgrade some position to make the offense better with pick two. It could be Malik Willis, could be a trade back and stack some offensive line assets. But I am uh, DeAndre Swift. He's young enough. Talk about a, a solid three-year window plus a little extra. Uh, DeAndre Swift at 1.6. That's where I'm going. You're up yeah, on that the, was the that that was the tough one for me. 50-50. You just you just you know, the Detroit Lions. The the organization itself just scares me. I feel like the only guy I've ever had confidence in a first round pick in the history of the Detroit Lions organization is definitely Megatron. So I stayed away there. I went a little conservative with the better franchise with Najee Harris, but I love the pick for you with Swift. And they should improve. You know, I think this is a team, by the way, who covered the number. Uh, Better, almost as good as anybody last year, the Detroit Lions. So they know how to compete when it comes against it, uh, against the spread. I can tell it's you. It's funny. It's funny you say that. We uh, there was a great saying going around uh, that it was that the what they say great coaches cover uh, great coaches win and legends cover. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, so you are on the clock at pick 1.7, but let's just review really quick. Uh, first pick, was you took Jonathan Taylor. I took Justin Jefferson at the second pick. Third pick, no surprise, is Jamar Chase. Javante Williams won at the fourth pick. Najee, five, and DeAndre Swift at six. You are on the clock in our dynasty uh, startup mock draft. Yeah, this is a little bit tougher here. I'm going to go wide receiver, and I considered two guys here, but I'm going to go Boomer Sumer. And now that... Uh, 
What uh, Amari Cooper is out the door in Dallas. I'm going C.D. Lamb here. I think it's time for him this for this guy to emerge over the next three years and be the true wide receiver one by a mile in Big D. They have the right quarterback. Uh, you know they're going to screw things up eventually in the playoffs, but that really shouldn't affect C.D. Lamb's fantasy production. Boomer Sumer, C.D. Lamb, my pick there, Alan. I love it because what was the only thing that we didn't like about uh, CD Lamb last year was that we were expecting like 175 targets and we didn't get that. Yep. Now Amari Cooper out of the way. Dalton Schultz is there, but more of a safety blanket. I mean, now let me ask you this. Let's say they get Traylon Burks or, you know, a, a rookie. Does that get you nervous at all with Lamb? No, I, I obviously, you know, not this year, right? I mean, you're not going to likely, unless, you know, a rare Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase rookie season, you know, uh, takes place. I, I don't I don't anticipate that with any of the wide receivers that are currently up for grabs here in late April in the draft. No, I, I like CeeDee Lamb to emerge still. I mean, they, they got re, I think they got rid of Cooper for a reason. I think they want to get the ball to CeeDee Lamb. I think they have confidence in him to be maybe the next Des Bryant when Des Bryant was – you know, at his best, ironically, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State there when it comes to possibly legendary Dallas Cowboy wide receiver. So, yeah, uh, no threat to me in the draft right now. I love that he's gone, Cooper, and it's it's time for CeeDee Lamb to blow up in fantasy football. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. The, I think the trick to these single quarterback leagues, because we all know in super flex leagues, the quarterbacks just go super early. They go way earlier, and rightfully so. But you need to have those proven young wide receivers as your base. If you could have two or three proven wide receivers that have that upside and you know have it, you know they have that first contract plus, then it's easier in dynasty, I think, to buy or trade for older running backs. Like last year, trading for Melvin Gordon. This year, maybe identifying like James Conner. I mean, these guys are buyable in dynasty. Try getting CD Lamb in your dynasty league. It's not happening, you know, unless you're going to overpay. So starting your dynasty draft with young wide receivers is so key. Obviously, there's a few exceptions at running back, but I love that call. All right. I am on the clock now at one eight. So here's the difference in redraft. I mean, I, I see Christian McCaffrey just sitting there, right? I mean, but I am not going to build my team around him just based on exactly what we talked about. So I'm going to take AJ Brown for the exact reasons that I just talked. <laughs> I, yep. I love the snipe. Yeah. For the exact reasons we just talked about young, uh, Upside, nice floor. We like his situation. He's a true alpha, and there is no question he is plug and play. The problem later on in the draft is that when you start filling in with these ancillary wide receivers, if they have a bad week, you got to put them on your bench. A.J. Brown has a week, two down weeks. You're still starting him every week. I love that in the first round. Happy to take A.J. Brown at 1-8. Any thoughts on A.J. Brown before you make your, your uh, the ninth selection? Yeah, it was the next pick for me at 1-9 if, if, if he was sitting there. I mean, A.J. Brown, clear-cut number one wide receiver in Tennessee. Um, Tannehill doesn't scare me. I think A.J. Brown can still create magic with many quarterbacks, and I think Tannehill's right in the middle as far as best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think the length of A.J. Brown, the combination of his ability to get down the field, he can do it all, and I think I think it's a, it was a tough call for me to go Lamb or Brown. I just flipped a coin there, felt a little more comfortable with Dak than I did with Tannehill, so I'm with you there. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a great and- pick. 
I think you made the right call there with Lamb is just based on the QB alone, team context, uh, all those things. All right, so you were on the clock. We're moving along nicely. Uh, just a quick review. JT, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, one, two, and three. Uh, then we saw a, a running back bonanza with Javante, Najee Harris, and DeAndre Swift. The seven pick with CD Lamb. I took AJ Brown. Very happy with that at eight. You were on the clock at nine. Who are you taking in our Dynasty Startup Mock Draft? Yeah, so he's not a senior citizen, and uh, he probably goes, obviously, higher in redraft. So I think I still have a solid uh, over-under two and a half years with this guy who was the best wide receiver in football last year. And I'm I'm going uh, with Cooper Cup, and I know he's not the guy that a lot of people want because of age, but he's not that old, and it's just the production's going to be there. I'm sorry, as long as he has a Matt Stafford or better-like quarterback in Los Angeles, the production's there. You know, there were other guys out there that were younger. I was look. I'll give you a little reveal. I was looking at the Waddle House. Everybody likes the Waffle House, maybe more than the Waddle House. I'm not sure. No, I, I like Cooper Cup over over Waddle and a couple other guys that are right there sitting. Uh, you know, at the end of the first round in Dynasty, I feel good about this pick at, at one nine. Yeah, I mean. Dynasty players are ages, and we're treating Cooper Cup like he's, you know, going off to the uh, yeah, the old age home when he's only 20 years old. <laughs> and Matt Stafford just di- signed an extension. He's going to be there for the, at least the next four years. Uh, him and uh, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup basically connected like uh, it was unreal that connection they had. They were basically finishing each other's sentences. Uh, it, it was unbelievable. So I like the call there, Cooper Cup, in an early Dynasty startup draft. I got him at the end of the second round, wow. and that was and that. Again, it was insane. That's not happening anymore. He's going where you just picked him. You know, yeah. like, like in fact, I, I like that you were a little aggressive on him because uh, dynasty players are ages. He probably drops a little bit, but I'm with you. I would, you know what? If someone took him 1.2 in a redraft league next year, I have no problem with that. I have no, no problem with that. Now, no, again, no. Is he, he's going to probably regress, but regress to what, right? I mean, if, if he doesn't have an all-time – I mean, he had basically the all-time fantasy season for a wide receiver. Sure, maybe that won't happen again, but if it's 90% of that, let's go, right? Let's go. That's all I want. It's all you can ask. I mean, even 80% of what you got last year is huge for Cooper Cup in, in, in any type of format. I think, obviously, PPR will be much more helpful than standard, but – uh, give me Cup here in this position. There are a couple guys that I like, but I, I cannot I cannot pull the trigger on. All right. As I'm getting to the back end of the first round of our mock draft, there are receivers that I like better than Christian McCaffrey, who I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey here. There's yep. the reveal. Yep. But I feel like they're clumped together, and I can get one of them on the wraparound if I was Team 10. Now, again, we're operating as separate teams right now. But so – I know I'm not going to get Christian McCaffrey on the wraparound or a running back that's equivalent to him. Now I have concerns and in, in regular redraft, I'm dubious of even taking uh, Christian McCaffrey in the first round at all. I, I have to warm up to that. You and I talked about like Leonard Fournette on your podcast and how I believe he'll end up being a first round pick. I almost feel better about the floor and obviously there's not as much upside, um, as there is with McCaffrey with someone like Fournette, but I'm taking McCaffrey because if all goes right, he's only 25 years old. I, let's, let's see what happens with the quarterback position there. It sounds like Sam Darnold's going to start the season. Not sure he'll finish it, but I, I'm good enough where it sounds like McCaffrey's going to be good to go. Uh, he's going to be, uh, he, he could play with any quarterback, you know, because they could dump the ball off him. He can make things happen. Christian McCaffrey at 110 in a dynasty startup. I don't feel great about it, but I like the upside. Yeah, I would have taken him at 111. So obviously you you, you made the right pick there. I, I, hopefully you make the right pick with Christian McCaffrey. Um, 
Murky waters in Charlotte, sure. Bad team, yes. Uh, injury uh, every every year. There's an injury. He's a, he's a small guy, but my gosh, you know, inside the five yard line, Christian McCaffrey is getting in the end zone. Uh, breakaway speed anywhere is just incredible. Hey, you, got a, you, you got a question, question on the screen, by the way. Yeah, you got a question. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna read it out for you. It says uh, Julia in our chat asks why Cooper Cup now with Allen Robinson there. Robinson is just talented, and he will presumably take away some target share. So, uh, go ahead, you answer that. It was your pick. Yeah, I think Allen Robinson is certainly will take away some receptions, but it also now puts the defense in a much tougher position to say, hey, you know, we were going to, you know, put a lot of emphasis on Cooper Cup. Well, now we can still try that, but now you have another guy that's on the other side of the field, Allen Robinson. They're, they're going to have to pay a lot of attention to. I still think Cup is uh, certainly not as talented as Robinson, but we've seen this in all sports. Sometimes it's not just talent that gets you where you need to be. It's chemistry, and it's going to take a little bit of time for probably Stafford and Robinson to grab that chemistry. Maybe it's one year. Maybe it's a half a season. So that's why I still like Cup in this position. Right now, I mean, Cup is the proven number one receiver in the NFL. Could that all change with Allen Robinson coming in and changing up the dynamic for Stafford and and, and targets? Absolutely. Great point you make, Julia. But I still feel good about Cup here late in this first-round dynasty. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll back you up on that. Allen Robinson, I think at this point is, you know, who knows how he's going to fit in there. We already have seen how Cooper Cup and at this point in the draft, when you took him at one nine that uh, he he is, he, you know, he's done. You don't even take him at the first overall pick. You didn't take him at the second overall pick. The upside's still there. OK, you are on the clock at one eleven. Who are you taking in our dynasty startup mock draft? This is a tough one. You know, Waddle House is still there. And I think there's so much potential for this guy now that a lot of attention will be targeted at Tyree Kill down there in Miami Gardens, Florida. It's not Miami. It's Miami Gardens, folks. It's not in the city of Miami. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Austin Eckler here. And I know he's a little bit on the older side. And we keep saying this, but he's really not. I mean, what am I about? 20 years older than the guy. But, you know, I, I think I think that offense in Los Angeles is going to be elite, right? I mean, they have all the tools it takes. They have an incredible quarterback, a young quarterback. They have the receivers. Eckler had a fantastic year. If he stays healthy... 111 redraft uh, dynasty. I think he needs to be there. I, I like to ask you, Alan, where does Austin Eckler go in a redraft PPR? Because I love him in this position at 111 to 112 in this in this platform. You sucker. You took my pick. I was going to okay. take him at 12 Good. and shock the world. So, yeah, I, I think that with someone like Austin Eckler, his game is going to translate further than the normal age apex for running backs. He's a pass-catching running back. Let's say you get one or two more se- of elite seasons out of Austin Eckler in PPR. And now in half PPR, in non-PPR, this changes a little bit. But we're playing PPR leagues. Yeah. So I think it, he is defensible as the 1.2. I mean, 1.5 in redraft, right? So yeah. in Dynasty, it's funny enough, in these Superflex leagues, he goes on the 2-3 turns. So you definitely reached up around, but I would have done it too. He's underpriced. On, and also, he's had some comments over the last couple of weeks where he's, he's saying openly, and by the way, Austin Eckler plays and understands fantasy. So he said that he wants the coaches to take some of his workload off, but that's going to scare people off Austin Eckler, but they're not going to take away the high-value touches, the third-down dump-offs, the goal-line stuff. Fine. Maybe if they're on their own, you know, twenty yard line and they need a two yard up the middle, sure they'll bring uh, Josh Kelly off the bench to get his head smashed in. But Austin Eckler is going to be just. And by the way, he is gettable. He's one of these running backs that that dynasty players see twenty seven years old and they freak out. 
he could have like a late Danny Woodhead, James White type of career. Uh, I love that pick right there. And that's why I love doing, because you told me that you're more of a redraft player, but I think that redraft players bring sobriety to the dynasty world. We do. We change. We 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 cut. We try to keep you guys honest. No, I, I think I think Austin Eckler is definitely a guy that has been beat up over the last few years. He's taken a toll with his body and his size. But if you're looking at a dynamic here with this team, great coach, I think, and and I think one of the best upcoming quarterbacks. I just can't pass on him. I really can't in this position. Yeah, now you keep toying around with Jalen Waddle. I, I was high as anyone on Jalen Waddle, but I'm a little dubious. I'm a little scared off with the addition of Tyreek Hill to Miami. So I'm not going to take him here. I'm, I'm going to get crazy right now. This is where I'm going to go Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Pitts is up there. You want to you have a guy like that in your lineup for several years to come, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Potentially the best tight end for years to come. And now that Gronkowski is 62 years old and Kelsey's getting up there as well. He's 33 years old, Kelsey, you know I mean? Yeah, he's getting, he's getting there, but who's going to be under center. That's the scary part. Mariota, maybe it's, you know, how many years is Mariota going to be in Atlanta? Is he the guy, but no, that's great. I think it's a great pick. He's, he's the future of the tight end position. Yeah. And then, and the upside is easy to see now. It's not often with your first pick that you do hero picks like that. And that, cause we saw like, you know, listen, his, his first year, thousand yards, but it was a one touchdown. How many, how many touches? Two touchdowns. I don't know. He, yeah. he, barely, he barely scored. Yeah. So we, but usually rookie tight ends don't do anything. So he's more of a wide receiver. Uh, I don't, hate Mariota as much as most. I mean, he ha- he obviously fizzled out. You could see a Ryan Tannehill type of resurgence from him where his second team, I mean, Arthur uh, Arthur Blank, the head coach, he coached Mariota in Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he he proactively brought him over. Now they're going to do something at the quarterback position. He is uh he he is a bridge quarterback, but that might that's going to be good enough for Pitt. So, at pick at pick 12, I'm taking Kyle Pitts. I got the cornerstone of my dynasty tight end. And if it works out, it's going to be for a long time. And dynasty, my dynasty rankings, which, by the way, you can get for free right now, our Superflex rankings are on rotowire.com forward slash try. Ten free days, no credit card needed. I have Kyle Pitts as the tight end one. And in redraft, he's not going to be the tight end one. It'll be Kelsey. It'll be Mark Andrews. But for the most part, you, you're shooting for pure upside there. All right. You're on the clock now. Uh, you are... Uh, picking at 2.1. Just to review the first round really quick, uh, JT went at 1-1, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Javante Williams were the next three picks. At pick five, Najee Harris, uh, DeAndre Swift at pick six. Uh, you took CD Lamb at pick seven. I went AJ Brown. You went a little bit older, but proven in Cooper Cup. I, I couldn't help myself to take Christian McCaffrey at 10. You took Austin Eckler, shocking the world, there at 11, which, by the way, I think is a, a sharp pick raiser. And I went with Kyle Pitts at pick 12. All right. Beginning of the second round, who you're on the clock, who are you taking? I'm going to stay old here, and I'm going to go with a reunion wait, that's taking. By, wait, by the way, since I'm pick 12, should I go first this round? Yeah, since, you should, absolutely. Right, right. Okay, let's you do should. like that because yeah. my team yeah. now has Kyle Pitts on it. I'm yeah, picking you're on the pick term. 12. Yep. All right, so now I'm going to need a position player here. So I'm going to go with my theory that I can I can acquire older running backs later. I love Debo Samuel here. Now, he's kind of like a sucker's pick in a sense because people don't think that he's going to get that rushing upside that he wants it. But come on, Debo Samuel is, is the next wide receiver that's going to get that $20, $25 million a year, big contract. He's locked and loaded in. Um, you know, Trey Lance, hopefully he's a good quarterback. If not, they're, they're stuck with him for a few years. I'm taking Debo Samuel at 2.1 to pair with Kyle Pitts. 
Yeah, I think I stay out west. It was going to either be Debo Samuel, but I go to the AFC West and I go to a Fresno State reunion in Los Wages, Nevada. Uh, let, let's go with the uh, probably the best wide receiver over the last five years in the league, and that's Devontae Adams. Now, maybe not the best uh, receiver for uh, dynasty for years to come, but small sample size here, three years. He's got to be up there in the top five if he puts anything together like he did uh, over the last few years in Green Bay. I have confidence in the Carr-Adams connection. I'm not passing up on Devontae Adams here. Yeah, I mean, this is where dynasty players fail because uh, Devontae Adams, you know, first of all, his market's going to be depressed because of the percent of the perceived downgrade to Rodgers. And you know what it is, but Derek Carr, man, he he's as competent as you get. I would say he's probably what the – 14th best real NFL quarterback, yeah. something like that. I mean, yeah. if, if he f- it ends up in fantasy as QB 10 this year, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Devontae Adams' game seems like it'll translate. He can even become like a, a late career Larry Fitzgerald at the end. You know, I mean, it, it just seems like Devontae Adams, as you said, is one of those all-timers. Uh, I contemplated him there. I, you know, I skipped on him because of the age and the unknown, but it's a really good pick there. All right. We are now at the 2.3, and I am on the clock. This is a player that I was staying away from here. We're getting into a little bit older now. so. But Stefan Diggs' is, uh, his contract extension and knowing that Josh Allen's going to be there for the next four years at least, that made me feel a lot better. And, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs is one of these guys, too, that can beat you long. He can play underneath. The last season was a little bit down, but – I expect to see uh, the uh, Stefan Diggs that was a little bit more between what we saw in 2020 than 2021. So I'm happy to take him at 2.3. Yeah, that was my pick uh, if you weren't going to take Stefan Diggs there. So I, I'm going to uh, step away from the wide receiver position, and I'm going to go with another Oklahoma Sooner here. I know he has some injuries. He's on the somewhat older side. But there isn't anybody in the backfield in Southern Ohio that's going to mess with Joe Mixon. I, I'm mm-hmm. going to go Joe Mixon from the Cincinnati Bengals in this spot. Um, the upside's always there with Mixon. Let's see if he can stay healthy, and let's see if he can repeat what he did last year. I was just going to say, so where do you think he's going to go in redraft leagues? Do you think that he's a first-round pick at this point? I, I think he's in a 12-team league PPR. I think Mixon's going to end up at about uh... – 111 to 22, it would be my guess for Mixon. I could be wrong. A lot, there's a lot to transpire between now and the average redraft league between August 1 and August 31. So, uh, sitting here today, uh, Mixon maybe 111 to, to 23, if I had to guess. Redraft players and dynasty players, they hate Mixon. I like yeah. Mixon. See, I, I did a video as when Mixon was blowing up last year, I, uh, I produced a video and we we're talking in the the subject of the video was uh, Joe Mixon top five pick in 2022. And you know, it's, he's done it all. Maybe the pass catching hasn't been there as much as we wanted it to, but we're talking about Joe Burrow, two years removed from the injuries that he had. Now he has that there's the passing game is, is a two player passing game. Sure. Tyler Boyd is kind of like the de facto tight end because there's no real tight end to speak of. I know they just signed, who did they sign? They signed Hayden Hurst, right? So that, I mean, you know, that's somebody, I don't know, but Joe Mixon should be able to maybe tick up those receptions there. This is, this is the type of pick that, the winning players in the high stakes leagues take the boring pick that just produces week in and week out. So I really like this in dynasty. Uh, I am on the clock now at 2.5. Okay. Let me take a look here at our list. This is where decisions need to be made. I'm looking at the running back pool 
And of course, you know what? This, this is a, a plant your flag pick. Oh, man. It, it feels like the, the momentum has not been going well for him. But I just I cannot quit you, Antonio Gibson. I yeah. love you. I love that. You know, I love his upside. Now he disappointed for fantasy last year. And if we could just with JD McKissick coming back to the team now, originally for those who have been living under a rock, they know that, uh, that JD McKissick kind of capped Antonio Gibson's upside last year from a pass catching perspective. He was signed by the bills almost, and then came back to Washington. So I still think that there's that the running back pool dries up significantly when you take age into account. He's young enough. Antonio Gibson, I like him here. Uh, kind of. There's players that probably in redraft I'd take ahead of him, but age considered. Antonio Gibson is mine at the two point five. You're on the clock at two point six. Yeah, that that's a great pick there, and I think Antonio Gibson has that that youth still around there, and hopefully the offense will be figured out in the nation's capital. So, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at, at, at an opportunity to, you know, maybe change the dynamic and, and look at, at the tight end position because, you know, I, I think that uh, maybe another Oklahoma Sooner here, I love Mark Andrews and I think he has three more years left of uh, being the top uh, guy as far as production on a, from a receiving standpoint in Baltimore really not too many wide receiver threats in Baltimore to take away from his production. Hollywood Brown, of course, is going to have some amazing games, but I think L Jax is in love with, um, with Mark Andrews. I'm sort of in love with the guy. I think I'm in love with Oklahoma because I have three Sooners now on my, my team. Give me Mark Andrews in this spot. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let me let me bow down and, and kiss your feet, Razor, because I love this pick. Having an elite tight end is a very important, especially in Dynasty, because it's so hard to acquire these guys. You know, you know I uh, I traded for Darren Waller in one of my important Dynasty leagues, and it cost me an arm and a leg. Now, obviously, that bet did not pay off. Darren Waller disappointed for fantasy. Mark Andrews, you know, we talked about guys that can complete each other's sentences, have has a special connection with Lamar Jackson. It fits well with his game. March, Mark Andrews is a beast. And you talked about three years. I think this is, a, I never like to talk about dynasty in more than two to three year windows. This is a five year player because yeah. he could settle into a, a red zone threat. And you know, yeah, we, they have good wide receivers. Everyone likes Rashad Bateman. Everyone likes Hollywood Brown, but Mark Andrews is the alpha there. He's one of the few tight ends that you could pencil in for 120 plus targets. Uh, that's a, that's a great call there. And sometimes you like, the value better on the board with the position players but then you're stuck just 
throwing the dice uh, on some of these scrub tight ends. And we all go, oh, I love Albert O. What a great tight end. And then you put him in, and he's got two catches for 36 yards. You're not even yeah. sure if you could start him the next week. So yep, sharp right. pick by you, um, passing over Travis Kelsey because the age, obviously, there. Um, all right, I love that pick. All right, so I'm on the clock here at what 2.7? Sounds right. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, starting starting to tighten up a little bit here. Okay, so I am now. This is the point of a dynasty draft where I never advocate for taking quarterbacks early. It just it, the, the replacement value is too high later on. But this is the part in dynasty where you keep them forever that I would consider it. Now I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But this is this, you know, the mid second round. It's like, oh man, because you don't want to be stuck in QB purgatory with, you know, Derek Carr with, or Ryan Tannehill. So you have to, but I'm going to pass here. I'm going to, there's too many of the good upside wide receivers. And I am going to take T. Higgins. Oh, wow. Okay. T. Higgins. Now, you know, there, there's some, you know, this would have been the Jalen Waddle spot for me, but I just don't like uh, his, he's not going to get those 10 targets a game with Tyreek Hill in town, or at least I, I'm projecting him not to. So T Higgins is my guy right here. Showed everything a proper alpha does. I think a thousand yards and, you know, seven touchdowns is his floor. He's got a 1400 or in him. I'm probably jumping ADP a little bit, but I like T Higgins here at the 2.7. And by the way, if you if you're in the chat, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you could tell us when you love our picks, or you hate our picks, and also let us know who's winning this draft right now. Is it is it the Razor or is it me? Is it Allen? Okay, all right. Uh, two point seven T Higgins. Talk to me. Yeah, I shocked you a little bit there. So tell me why T Higgins. You thought went a little early here. Well, I'm not saying it went too early. I mean, T Higgins obviously has was a tremendous wide receiver in fantasy football uh, last year, but. Uh, is he perhaps the number two option in Cincinnati? Sure, it's pretty clear. But I may give you the number two option in Miami Gardens right here. And I, I wanted to – I waited, I waited, I waited, and I think it's time to go uh, with uh, the Alabama wide receiver. And we're going to step into breakfast at 2 a.m. in the morning with the Waddle House. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I love him. I, I think he'll – pretty much will 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 get this guy a lot more targets and get more wide open. I'm not a huge Tua fan like a lot of people are, but man, the 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 production could be there for Waddle, especially if they are if there's double coverage on times on Hill. Man, some one-on-one, Jalen Waddle, give it to me. Um, I probably could have waited. I probably could have waited, but I just want to take him. I have a lot of confidence in Waddle in this spot. I take him because of youth over Hill. That's a, that's a no-brainer, so uh, roll tie, Jalen Waddle. Yep, no, it's, it's a great pick, and we only saw the beginning of Jalen Waddle's upside. Uh, even he was, it was mostly short stuff, right? I mean, we haven't even seen the long game yet. And as everybody knows, that Jalen Waddle and Tua they played together successfully in college. I mean, it's it's that's a is that going to be a new trend? You think in the NFL, where possible, where you get if there was a good connection between a wide receiver and a quarterback that they proactively go and try to get that guy you think that we're going to see more of that it should be i mean we're, we're seeing it in cincinnati and now we will see it for the first time this fall in las vegas so I, I really am excited for that las vegas connection you know i think that's going to be huge to see those guys that that battle out there in fresno states and, and i think adams is so much more excited to be in vegas with with his qb uh from college and he's made that very clear and i think uh i think that is going to be uh, the most interesting dynamic. And of course I have Adams on my team in, in this, in this mock draft. So I'm going to be targeting Adams in a lot of redrafts. Cause I think a lot of people are a little scared of Derek Carr, but that Fresno state connection gets me quite excited. Alan. 
And by the way, if you are listening to this on the audio replay or the YouTube replay, if you're watching the video, once we're done, because we're live streaming this right now, I will post all the picks in the video description below or put a link to at least an Excel sheet where you can check them out there. Uh, and by the way, uh, we were talking about connections with quarterbacks and their their college wide receiver, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Another example right there of, of that happening. So uh, it's interesting. And now that the college game is translating more and more to the pro game. So Tyreek Hill, uh, how do you think the whole Miami thing is going to play out here? I mean, what, what kind of target distribution? I mean, to his game doesn't seem to match up very well with Tyreek Hill's game, does it? I don't trust it. I, I don't, I'm not in love with the marriage here. I just think that he was spoiled by Patrick Mahomes, and this is a major downgrade when it comes to a guy who could throw it down the field with accuracy or can make plays with his legs like Patty Mahomes did. I just, I'm not buying into it. I like the chemistry much more with Waddle than I do with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, me too. So, but do you think Tyreek Hill, like in redraft, where do you think he'll go in, in most redraft leagues? Like somewhere yeah, like around here? I would here? say 2-8. In a, in a 12 team league, I mean, late second, mid second. I mean, I think, I think you're pushing or chasing a little bit too much early second or late first. I think you'll see some Dolphins fans or Hills fans take him late first, but I think the play there would probably be on the turn in the third round and maybe right. late second at the earliest. Who do you think will have a richer ADP Hill or Waddle? Who's, who I will think- be more expensive? Yeah, I mean, I would say Hill will be. I, I just don't think there's a lot of trust yet for a mainstream uh, fantasy football player that doesn't watch the games in detail, m- perhaps don't know all the nuances yet. I, I think I think people will be more bullish on Hill, and I just don't think that's the right move. All right, man. I'm here with Brian the Razor Rosenthal, and I want everybody to go follow him on Twitter. If you're watching this, listen to this. Uh, you you want to promote your uh, the, the beer life, or do you yeah. want to? Yeah. So what is it at beer life? Yeah, just uh, follow us at Beer Life. That's our Twitter handle, my personal Twitter handle that I pretty much push all of our gambling picks and just a bunch of shenanigans on Twitter. That's at Rosenthal Razor. We appreciate you following us at either one of those handles. Uh, we, we hope to put out good content every day, make it fun. And it's you know gambling, fantasy. It's just fun to be on Twitter with, with guys like Alan and going back and forth. And I'm just pumped to wrap up this draft with you. I don't know who's winning, but I feel pretty good right oh, now. I'm, I'm killing you. I'm crushing you. You're man. killing I'm me. Crushing. Okay. Not right. a- <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, yeah, you're uh, you know, like I said, I, I enjoy following you on Twitter and I'll have all the links in the video description below, but yeah, let's try to round out at least round two before we wrap yeah, up. Sure. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, I already put my pick in. And even though the quarterback situation is atrocious right now, it won't stay there. There's been a lot of trade rumors. DK Metcalf, man, he is just, he yeah. is a true alpha. I mean, the Jets are, are keep calling Seattle. Say, like, what's it going to take? What's it going to take? No, no, we're not giving you our two first round picks. But you think that Seattle, when they're on, when the Jets are on the clock, the Jets have two picks in the early second round. Do you think that that would be a good trade? Both of those second round picks for DK? Who says no to that? Nothing goes right for the Jets, so let's just throw that out right away. They just can't figure it out. But is that a good um, is that a good trade right there? They they have picked yeah. thirty five and thirty eight. Yeah, I, I think that's a winning trade. I think almost for both sides of the ball. I think DK he wants to get out. It seems like he doesn't seem very positive of what's going on in the Pacific Northwest. And I think the Jets need a splash for their culture for their fans. They need a alpha wide receiver and a star like DK Metcalf. And if they could figure this out somehow, maybe not this year, but the next year, yes, it's the right decision to give up those draft picks. I would love that uh, for New York. Even as a Bills fan, I kind of have a lot of sympathy for you guys. It's just been 
so brutal. And where's the star receiver? I mean, for, for well, the, they have that, Elijah Moore, right? Yeah, and, and that's a, that's a work in progress, and he's really good. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to be a star, maybe, right? We, I mean, like you, you have to find he, the, the, he looked good in those like those healthy games. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. But the, this crazy thing is, I think that was when Mike White was the quarterback. Mike White, yeah, when they <laughs> yeah. beat the Bengals, and that goes they beat they beat the Bengals with Mike White. Do I have? Oh, you that got right? it. Yep, you got it right. Yeah, you got and it. Then right. Mike White looked good in the first half against the Colts and. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a disaster yeah, out not, there in MetLife. But um, yeah, I think right. it's a great trade for the Jets more so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're gonna have to pay DK, but yeah. no big deal. The Jets have the deal. All right, man. Let's continue on with our mock draft. Let me just recap right now where we are in the second round. I picked first at two point one. I took Debo. You came back with Devontae Adams. I took Stefan Diggs, and then you very sharp pick by you taking Joe Mixon in the middle of the second round. Uh, I went youth on Antonio Gibson. You came back and took uh, tight end two, Mark Andrews. I took tight end one in round one with Pitts. And you, oh, then I went with uh, T. Higgins, Waddle, DK Metcalf. You were up on the clock at 2.10. Your first pick for this team, by the way, was Jamar Chase. So now yeah. you're on the clock. Who are you taking here? I'm going running back, and I'm not going safe here. I'm going with a guy who's had a lot of injuries, but, you know, if he's healthy, the offense is pretty good, anchored by Justin Jefferson. So uh, let's cook a little bit in Tallahassee, Florida, with the former FSU running back who has potential to be a top five running back for the next three years or so. I'm not going to pass on Dal Cook here. I, I really have a lot of faith in Dalvin Cook, and I, and I just – just stay healthy. That, that, that's all I ask on this team for the next three years. You can miss a couple games here and there, but clear cut. I know. I know the former. What is it? President Alexander Madison is. His, I don't know if he's still there in, in Minnesota, but I mean, th- th- this guy has all the potential in the world. I even like him over King Henry uh, as far as the production goes and the health goes for the several years to come. I'm going Cook here. Look, you got a fan right here. Julia thinks that's a great pick. Now, you know what's also really good about Dalvin Cook is that. There is there is a safety net, an insurance policy you could buy. That we because we know Dalvin Cook, he's going to miss what three games this season. That's basically you have to bake that in. But we know Alexander Madison, who you can get in round seven, round eight, round nine, is the answer. That he is going to be the eighty percent of his production. You're going to plug him in. There's not going to be any questions. Whereas some of these other players, sometimes they go down and a committee forms. I mean, yeah, Khalil Herbert emerges when a David Montgomery goes down. But we know, so you're going to have to probably proactively target. Uh, uh, Alexander Madison a couple rounds ahead yes, of his ADP, 100%. and that's what I recommend. If you are yep. taking Dalvin Cook in Dynasty or even in redraft, jump up the ADP, check uh, Alexander Madison's ADP, take him around ahead. You'll be happy when in, when uh, disaster strikes. Good pick right there. Okay, so now we are at pick 2.11. I don't recommend this for the uh, faint of heart, but it is QB time. All oh, right? No, don't and do it to me. <laughs> Don't do it my, to me. My QB one in Dynasty is Josh Allen. Sorry, yeah. to t- sorry to do that to you. I mean, he's definitely moved ahead of Patrick Mahomes with the Tyreek Hill leaving. Yeah. I had him at there anyway. The rushing upside's there. He evolved as a passer. He's going to be a bill for life. They they just signed Stefan Diggs to a long term contract. Now, I usually don't draft guys like this in redraft but in a dynasty league that is such an advantage to have someone like Josh Allen. So I'm taking him at the two point eleven right here. What do you think? Quarterbacks early in a one quarterback league? No, I think it's the right play. I think Josh Allen is the emerging number one quarterback in the NFL, and it's hard to really pass up on him when you look at what's right now available at 212 and 3-1 and 3-2. It's 
Josh Allen. I shame on me. You know, I was going to go Allen in front of Cook, but, you know, I don't want to be that sucker fantasy drafter and pass up on uh, Dal Cook if he's sitting there. Right. But no, and you I can and right you thing. can get you can get a good quarterback on the wraparound for that. Team. I, can. I mean, I, you yeah, can get I'll Justin Herbert or yeah. even, you know, whoever your yeah. QB. By the way, who is your top three quarterbacks, would you say, for redraft this year? Yeah, I think it's definitely Josh Allen at one. I still believe in Pat Mahomes, and I'm almost going to lead on the guy you just mentioned. I think it's Herbert. I mean, I think Justin Herbert just it's just too good. I mean, his talent level's there. The weapons are there. Dump-offs to Austin Eckler. Um, you know, what we saw last year in L.A., a little bit murky at times, but overall, he's the third-best quarterback for me in redrafts. All right, so you're going to finish this draft. You took Jonathan Taylor for this team at the one-one. Yeah. It comes on the, and we're actually going to have you make two picks because okay. you know you would you would pick on the turn. So you started your draft with Jonathan Taylor. We're in our one QB dynasty mock draft. Who are you going to pick if you had JT at, at pick one? I'm taking Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly in these two spots. I think their upside in the next two, three years are huge. Uh, you know, in no particular order at 212 and 3 1, uh, you know, I'm, I'll make the, you know, I'll go against what I said before. I don't love the chemistry with Tyree Kill and Tua, but I think at 3 1, there's still a lot of value there or 212. It doesn't make a difference. I'll take Hill in this spot and match him up with Jonathan Taylor as one of those picks. I think. I think I like Waddle a little bit more. Obviously, I took him a little bit earlier. So, you know, let's go there and let's just hope that Tyree Kill eventually, you know, gets it, gets the nuances down there in Miami and provides at least nine or 10 games of those huge explosions. Hard to pass up there in that position. And, I, you know, here's another running back like Dal Cook. You know, you can go, I think the two running backs that are, you know, troublesome with injuries, but probably feel a little more comfortable with the start, this, the next two-star running backs. Um, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Vol and Alvin Kamara. And I know that the, 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 the quarterback situation in New Orleans is, you know, at times a little dicey, a little choppy. We got a new offensive uh, scheme there with, uh, with Dennis Allen, a defensive-minded coach. But, you know, I trust Kamara a little bit more in a three-year sample size with uh, the pounding that King Henry takes. So I'm going to go uh, Hill, Kamara, 212-31, no particular order, and match him up with JT. And hopefully his next three years for that team looks bright. Yeah, Alvin Kamara is um he's getting disrespected in these drafts. Now yeah. there is a possibility that he has a three or four game suspension for his yeah. bar fight in Vegas. So if you're playing in best ball leagues where you can't swap out the lineups, yeah. I don't recommend taking Alvin Kamara, but I love his dynasty. He was a first round dynasty startup for the last three years. I mean, he's yeah. not old. He's gonna be the offense pass catching running back. I love that pick there. All right, man. So we did it. This was our mm -hmm. uh this was a dynasty startup, one QB mock draft. Uh make sure that that you you uh, tweet at both of us. I'm at Alan Soslowski, and repeat your Twitter again. It's at Rosenthal Razor. And then you will tell us all the bad picks that we made, and tell us yes. that how you would do it differently. All right, man. Uh, always good to uh, to hang here with you. Uh, everyone will be back every Friday now with a new Dynasty podcast. Uh, we were doing it on Sundays or Mondays. We're going to move it to Friday. But if you want to listen to it on Monday, that's fine too. Next week, I'm going to be back here with the Fantasy Football Geek from DFS Army talking more Dynasty. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. All right, I'll do it.